Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's me, Damien Barr, welcoming you back to another Salon exclusive. Now, I've been waiting for this book for a while. It is by DBC Pierre, who we had at the Salon way back when in our days at Shoreditch House. He is, of course, the Booker Prize winning author of Vernon God Little, which is still considered to be one of the most wonderfully bizarre debuts of the 21st century. And by the way, if anybody knows what the DBC stands for, feel free to get in touch. The book is Big Snake, Little Snake, An Inquiry into Risk. So it's a very short book dealing with a very big issue, because where doesn't risk come into our lives? True to his writing style, the book experiments with form, it combines memoir, there's travel writing in there, there's maths, there's philosophy, there's philosophy about maths, but you don't need to understand maths in order to enjoy the book, I promise, because I really don't get maths, and I really did get this book. It is basically a meditation on the ever-constant allure of chance, fortune, and fate told through a world of probability, gambling, and snakes in many forms. Here's DBC Pierre with more. Hey, this is DBC Pierre. Great to be here, reading exclusively for you on Damien Barr's Literary Salon. I hope you've got a drink. I want to tell you some things about a new book called Big Snake, Little Snake, An Inquiry into Risk. This originally was going to be a collection of gambling stories. But in a beautiful way, as happens with books, when you set off on the adventure, it occurred to me after putting some of these gambling stories down that actually most of the real gambling is happening every day in life. And the, the probabilities, the odds are spinning around us like little lotteries, millions of them every day. And one leads to another, leads to another, and we're, we're trapped in cascades of events. Some we control, we can control the slide of it, but we're literally surfing down these often improbable events. And at the same time, by the end of this book, it occurred to me, we live in a world where there's an idea that unless we can replicate it in a laboratory, it kind of doesn't exist. Those things that your grandmother said on her deathbed, we know how weird that is. Mathematics can't explain that and nothing can explain it. And so this book doesn't set out to suggest uh, anything paranormal. It sets out to suggest the mathematics, the probabilities are geared for one-offs. The amount of things we can reproduce in a laboratory is actually quite minuscule and we've become so obsessed with the problem of our existence that we just keep breaking things down and down and down into smaller pieces that we can control in a laboratory and meantime while we're looking at all this shit and seeing all these these headlines and stuff which is exciting stuff and which I also love but it's become a high priesthood now it's become a church of the idea that things are only really progressive if we can do them again and yet we live in lives where everything is a one-off 
and our biggest, biggest breaks are one-offs and we know they are. And then we attach narratives of how we constructed it through purposeful steps and it's bullshit. The amount of glorious, outrageous, unexpected accidents which we navigate, not to say that we don't use them and build on them, but we navigate this incredible world and, and yet our focus has just come down to, to this tunnel. So in a playful way and with some beers, this book as it unfolded ended up being an exploration of chance and of risk and it hinges on the story of a little snake that I found living in Trinidad. I'd like to read for you now exclusively with Damien Barr, the chapter explaining the moment I discovered the actual little snake. Big snake, little snake, an inquiry into risk. The actual little snake. Hammering like a stunt pilot up the steep bastard driveway before gravity tossed the car back into the valley was my last memory before Little Snake. Once the scene had passed into history, it became the last scene upon which any probabilities for the rest of my life could be drawn. Thankfully, I hadn't died from the forces of gravity. I was yet to meet Little Snake, so I was still calculating my odds for future trips up the driveway against the host of background odds for all the days of my future. The road itself was long and steep and grew steeper as you rose. Then you hit the hillside proper with this one last house perched up it beside which someone had thought to put a driveway like a ski ramp. It hooked sharply behind the house at the end onto a small patch of acceptably flat concrete. The trick was to toss the car up and around that corner. You had to drop gear and gun it from about a hundred yards down the road or you wouldn't make it up. You'd stall and slide back, which I'd only done once. You only do this once. And you can't park at the top half of the street and walk the rest of the way, as the slope would test your handbrake. On top of this, the place suffers thundering earthquakes. I made it safely up this time, and got out of the car at the back of the house, where it's more or less level ground. Perhaps I thought of parrots for the film. Perhaps I thought of Julia Damasina in La Strada. I came in the little gate and along a tiled walkway that led to the main door. This door had an iron cage over it, decorative but for security. As I unlocked it, I looked down. And there was a little snake on the doormat. Now, the island has some evil snakes, aside from the boa constrictors they call mackerels, whose young are occasionally heard thudding out of the trees, plus anacondas, which are just too big and ugly to sneak up on anyone sober, though they could eat them whole if they did. Aside from those, I'd also heard of some biting snakes, a local branch of pit vipers. And I knew that baby snakes carry venom, they're born fully loaded and ready to strike. I took a step or two back. But this one didn't look perturbed. 
he lay like a special delivery. Odds were pretty short that a snake could be found in this area. Also pretty short that a human would appear at this obvious threshold of a human dwelling with a doormat. But behind all this were long odds, is the thing. The odds attaching to the snake alone were the least of it. That background jungle of odds, the unbroken stream of it, never mind the horse race, what are the odds you even made it to the track? In this case, due to the cascade of risk and chance down which I had surfed into a house on a hillside on an island where some dangerous snakes did roam. The odds were very long. The outcome of my presence on this doorstep was a feat of chance and serial influence. And the snake will have taken its chances too. Now here's the MacGuffin. It also happened that I'd surfed onto a hillside in a place not only with snakes, but a national lottery game that used mystical symbols alongside its 36 numbers. And Little Snake was the symbol for number 27. It also stood for a road and for the left wrist. Following a friend's advice after I told him about the snake, I went out and put $10 on Little Snake. And it won that night's draw. Not to suggest it was anything but a random lucky break, but I want to suggest we look at why I wouldn't suggest that, and to find out if I'm wrong. I want to look at our perception of risk and chance, and see if it conforms to what we sense and see unfold. Maths and psychology platitude laws like probability and confirmation bias are no longer a good enough plaster of this whole writhing world of odds. We need to rip that plaster off. Anyway, the greatest example of confirmation bias is finding confirmation bias everywhere. No, no, we need to look at all this from scratch. It's time to look again. Stay with me as we ask can we tune into chaos and therefore influence chance? This central question, which anchors the book, will have you thinking lots about your own life and all the decisions, big and little, that have led you to where you are right now. Something for your therapy. What are the odds? If you are a habitual risk taker, then in the words of Han Solo, Never tell me the odds. But if you're a fatalist, then Terry Pratchett might be more your speed. Most gods throw dice, he said, but fate plays chess and you don't find out till too late that he's been playing with two queens all along. Now, the two queens reference does mean something slightly different to me. Pierre, thank you so much for joining us again here at Salon. That was DBC Pierre reading from his new book, Big Snake, Little Snake, An Inquiry into Risk. And the book is published by new independent press, Cheerio. And I said it like Cheerio because it's got an exclamation mark at the end. They're very interesting. Check out what they're doing and they've got loads of little but big books to come. You can support us by buying a copy on our shop 
at bookshop.org or you can head to your local library. If you know anybody who wants to take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, chance, chance on a new literary podcast, then please tell them to tune in to this episode. Thank you so much for listening and join us again soon. <laughs>